session will be this evening at Lynch Funeral Home from 4 to 6. So rem remember that. Anybody else have anything they need to pray about? Any prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Just different losses that have come up. Just pray for that. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, and we, right, we, un we understand that if anything that can discourage you, will discourage you. And anything that can be shaken, will be shaken. Absolutely. That's when we, we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We, right. Right. Because that, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Anybody else have anything? Any praise reports? There you, oh, okay. Good. Good. Praise the Lord. Good deal. Good deal. God is good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you hear and answer prayer, God. We love you and we praise you and we glorify you, God. For, God, your ways are good, Lord, and your truth, God, extends to out to all generations. And I praise you, Lord. I pray, Father, that we stand here today in the midst, Lord God, of trials and suffering. But, God, we proclaim that you are good and your mercy endures forever. God, no matter what comes, Lord God, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning, Lord that we lift up our eyes to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, Lord God. We wait on you, Lord God, and know that we will renew our strength, Lord. We thank you, God, and praise you and ask that you administer to every need, Lord God, and we give you glory, honor, and praise for the blessing, Lord God, that we feel we are stepping into in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we continue to talk about today faith's response. You know, face, how apropos, face response. Every time that we look at the word of God, we understand that faith has a certain response. It's not, faith as a concept is quite worthless, isn't it? I mean, is it not? Just a concept, just I have faith. And sometimes people use the word faith as to describe what their brand of belief system is. My faith is Christian. Or another's faith may be Hindu. Or another faith may be Buddhist. Or you know, New Age. Or whatever their belief system may be. That's what we categorize things as faith. But that's just quite generic, isn't it? And what happens when we, we lump things into those places we call them faith, Hindu, Buddhist, New Age, Sikhism, I don't know, you just name it. Those areas, and they call them faith, or is Muslim is a faith, then we start to believe, we don't, we don't believe it directly, inadvertently, we begin to believe that all of these faiths are options for getting to heaven or God or whatever their place is. As though, um, I believe it's Hindus in their faith, they, they want to make it to Brahma. I think that's what it is. So they're, <clears throat> they're being absorbed into the collective through a series of reincarnation. And we kind of uh, go at faith and go, oh, well, how interesting, that's your faith. And then we narrow it down even more because in the Christian faith, now we have, oh, can 
Pentecostal Charismatics, which I've started, I've stopped calling them that because I just call them continuous. We believe in the continuation of the gifts. Because now you get under Pentecostal Charismatics, you get all kinds of, I can't, I cannot tell a person what I am because I don't know what they perceive that to be. I really can't. If I say I'm Pentecostal, they'll go, you get on makeup. Well, I'm not that kind of Pentecostal. Well, then you know what I'm talking about. So you have with that, if, if there's already, so we call those things, we would say those are different faiths. Those are just brands of faith. Those are just brands. And then you have, and then you have, may have the Methodist faith. And the, you know, we have all these different things. Yeah, no music, no women preaching. I wouldn't do well there. I, I wouldn't do well. I wouldn't do well in, the, in Southern Baptist. I guess that's why the Lord pushed me down the stairs. You know, like he doesn't push people down the stairs. I think he pushed me down the stairs. That's right. Yeah, fundamental. Uh, Mike was Bible Baptist. They were the only ones going to heaven. <laughs> Them and the Church of Christ. But they didn't agree that each other, they were going to be fighting when they got there. Yeah. So we have all these things we call it faith. These are not real. These are what we call faith. Yes, Becky. Christian was a derogatory term. Christian was a derogatory term that came along later on. They were called saints. Believers or you know, throughout the word of God, they are called, they are called the believers or um, the community of faith. Um, saints is over and over again the predominant word that is used to describe a Christian. That we, you know, and later on, Christian became a word that was used derogatory to defame someone. Now, how many of you call yourself a saint? You say, when somebody says, what's your belief? You go, I'm a saint. Most people don't because Catholics have taken that, right? Another faith. Or, ah, they think it's arrogant to call yourself a saint. So what instead have you taken to calling yourself? He says a son, a believer in the Lord, a Christian. What do you call yourself, Mike? Well, that's how we got into sainthood, wasn't it? But when, see, that's just a one, that's a, that's a step, one step. Sinner, saved by grace. But see, we have, what we understand is the different names have different connotative values associated with them depending upon the person that you're trying to communicate with. So we have our faith. Faith in those general terms have all kinds of connotative values that mean something or nothing at all. Quite flippant and subject to the person who is doing the defining. But the Bible should be the place where we derive our meanings regarding what faith is, right? Hebrews 1 says that faith is the substance of hope, and it is the evidence of the unseen. So we know then that faith has to do with a realm, and it has to do with the unseen realm. As we as people, we govern ourselves in the seen realm. How many of you have been governing yourself in the seen realm all week? You have. That's, you do that. It's just what you, I hope you have been. It's quite healthy. I mean, you use your five senses to interact with the seen environment, right? Now. That's great and good. However, we have dual citizenship. I am a citizen of the seen realm, and I got my citizenship to this realm via my mother's womb. She grew me, and she birthed me, and I became a citizen of the seen realm. I existed in the unseen in the heart of God, and then I existed in the unseen in my mother's womb until everyone knew she was expecting because what was unseen in her began to manifest and demonstrate evidence to those around 
and then her body became inhospitable to my body. The two got too, I got too big for her to carry, in other words. And her body said, it is time for you to gain your entrance in the seen realm. All of y'all came in the same way. <laughs> Every single one of you did the exact same thing that I did. We all got our citizenship in the seen realm. Now, wherever we have our geography is just geography, right? We're all citizens of the seen realm. Whenever you, now you were at that time eternal. As soon as you were born, you were eternal. Isn't that fun? You exist, so a baby when they're born, or even before they're born, as soon as they're conceived, there's eternity. See, this is how phenomenal our faith is, is it has something to do with eternity because we are eternal beings. And so when we came to this planet and this planet hosts the physical, natural aspect of our existence, then we have a passport here, and it's called our body. At some point in time, should the Lord tarry, our body will no longer host our citizenship here. But we will take off this body, and we will put on another body. But before that, see, that's the resurrection. Before that, we will exist still in one eternity or another. Depending upon what we did while we had our stay here on earth as we were going through the customs and showing our passport here. You know, we're just always, every time I get up, I have another option. I have another day in this seen realm. And so I exist here for me by faith. All of us ultimately exist somewhere by faith. Sad reality is most people, many people, I don't know, I don't have a statistics, a lot of people exist in this reality by faith only in the seen. If they believe it, they see it. No. If they see it, <laughs> they believe it. Right? If they feel it, it's true. If they heard it, it's a fact. If they saw it on the Internet, by golly. I think we should put the Bible on the Internet, y'all. Y'all might believe it then. <laughs> So we are a people who are subjected in this physical realm to things that we see. But faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of the unseen. The evidence. What is evidence? It's fruit. It's a manifestation of something to the seen realm. Now, wait, wait, wait. Are you... A manifester of the seen realm? <clears throat> of course you do. Look at me. I'm just manifesting it. <laughs> Look at me manifest. I did. It's manifest. You are too. You're sitting here. You're manifesting your presence in the seen realm. Because I can see you. How do I know? Do I have to believe that Tim is here by faith? No. Nope, I don't. He's here. There's no faith involved in this. But many people only can attach their hope to what they see, what they taste, what they touch, what they observe. And so if faith, if, the, if faith is the manifestation of the unseen and I am connected to the unseen, by faith, where, pray tell, will faith manifest itself? Uh 
people here in this body. I am the only proper container to manifest my faith because it's not conceptual. I am here today teaching you truths from the Word of God that I obtained from fellowship with God in my secret place and that He imparts to me via the Holy Spirit. He weaves it in me and then I come in here, I put my makeup on, I get my clothes on, I type the message, I park my car, I walk in here week after week after week after week and I've done so since I was 19 years of age somewhere. All I'm doing is manifesting the unseen realm. I'm just manifesting it. How is that manifesting it? In faithfulness. It's all it is. You see, when you start thinking that faith is something more complicated and complex, you begin to step aside from the stream of faith, excuse yourself, exempt yourself from the operation of faith, and you say, when faith comes and I will do something or I will be something or somebody else will lay hands on me or somebody will speak a word to me and then something will happen and then something else will happen and then something else will happen. If it's not happening, it's not happening. You're going to have to get up and respond. It'll just be a pathetic word. Yeah, it just depends on what you do with it. So we see, see, this, this is how faith works. Now, Hebrews, it, it plainly points this out. I mean, you are no more full of faith than you are faithful. In my line? You can't. That's why, that's why James says, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. I mean, it's all, that's what he's saying. That's just all he's saying there. Let's go to Hebrews 10. And the scripture the Lord gave me a dream about. I should have wore my shirt. I did get a shirt made for this. Got me a black shirt with white letters that says, I don't shrink back. It's what the Lord showed me in a dream. I mean, I kept, I dreamt this dream. And there were all these people in a town, a city, and they were they were like couriers. And they were wearing these black shirts. And it had white big letters on the back of them, on these shirts. And it said, we don't shrink back. Big block letters here. And I would see them in my dream. And they were like all dressed the same. And they were getting in cars and getting out of cars and getting on bikes and going into buildings and coming out and moving. I was like, what are they doing? They had all these things. It said, we don't shrink back. And I woke up and the Lord said, that's to be my church. Not shrinking back. And so I, I, I looked, I knew that was a scripture, you know, because I read the Bible. And so I, I thought, Lord, I'm going to go find that. Y'all, yeah, Tim, we're going to go 38. It says this. Well, let's just pick up 37. For soon and very soon. I like that. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? For soon and very soon, the one who is appearing will come without delay. And he also says, my righteous ones. You want to know what the word calls them? Righteous ones. We got any righteous ones in here? Raise your hand big if you are righteous ones. There we go. Let's find out some more about you folks. And my righteous ones will live from my faith. But if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. This is God speaking. But we are, Paul's saying this. He quotes the Old Testament there. But he said, but here's what Paul says. I, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, you know. But you can believe who you want to because he's not signed it. But we are certainly not those who are held back by fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. We are not those. What does your translation say? We are not of those who shrink back, withdraw. What then is a proof of faithlessness? 
That's it. It's pretty simple, isn't it? When you draw back, what is it? It's faithlessness. How many people have you ever seen when something hit a challenge in their life? You've done it? You shrunk back to your destruction. See, we got to stop that, don't we? And you know what I have found to be true? That when those places hit you, and that's good. I'm, I'm glad that when those places hit you, we're not all going to be perfect. Not gonna, not, I mean that we're not going to hit it right every time. But please, let's not develop a theology for our failure. You know what I'm saying? Let's not develop a theology about our failure that says, oh, that's okay, boo-boo. You're not perfect. You know what I mean? Don't lower the bar when faith is trying. Paul says, we're not of those who shrink back. He didn't say, but when we shrink back, it'll be okay. Because we're all human and everybody is a sinner saved by grace. He didn't say that. He said, we don't, he said, drop and give me 20, we don't shrink back. You know what I mean? What are you going to do with that? I mean, sometimes, and that's just the kind of person I am. Don't, yeah. And, and don't just be, don't just know the scripture. Where's it gonna be manifested? I'm the only canvas. It's gonna happen right here on this stage, or it's not gonna happen on any stage. This is it. So we look at that. So let's keep reading. This this scripture will just preach itself. I'm gonna get out of the Passion Translation. Go to one I know better because it's familiar. Now, faith, 11.1, is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not, I, I just, I don't have it yet, but I have this assurance. I am so convinced of what I don't see that I move in a way that is proving to people around them that I see something they don't. That's, that's how, this is what this, what this does. So, now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I would just love to see people with enough conviction to get out of bed when they don't feel good. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I mean, and I'm not being ugly. I just, that's what I, when I bring myself to the place of, I said, what do I believe? What do I believe? In face of it, what do I believe? I mean, when Mike had knee surgery, he had to have his, some ACL ligament replaced because he couldn't stand me being hurt and him not, so he had to have something bigger than me. <laughs> I went to the knee doctor, and he's like, hey, you want to look at my knee? And they're like, move over, bacon. Here's something meatier, you know. <laughs> so they, you know, do all this surgery on him. You know, I'm like, blah, blah. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. He's out of surgery. And we're, you know, he's pastoring, so he has to have, sur this is how we do things. He has to have surgery on a Monday because he just had Sunday, right? We have to have it on a Monday because he can miss a Wednesday, but he's not missing a Sunday, right? That's just how it goes. He's going to be on, and he's going to be back up there. And the doctor said, you can't do that. He said, hide and watch. <laughs> so he's planning on missing. So he gets home from the, his knee surgery, and he's standing there, and he has to go to the restroom, and he's got this drainage bag on his knee, right, blood coming out and the whole thing, it's gross, and he's, you know, you're sick, you just had surgery, he's one of these people that he passes out if he throws up or something, it's annoying, <laughs> right, yeah, I'm like, so he go. he's like, I go to the bathroom, so I'm helping him, you want, if y'all want me to nurse you, just call, so He's, I'm helping him to the restroom, helping him to the restroom. You know, he's doing his business. And as he's standing there with this little bitty bathroom all filled with tile, I mean, it's just, it's just tiny. I mean, there's a sink here. He's standing here. There's a bathtub right behind him. And there's tile hard surfaces everywhere. And he said, I'm going to pass out. He's gray. And his eyes are rolling back in his head. I mean, what am I? He outweighs me. There's not any, even any place to put him, right? He's fixing to kill himself on the tile. So what do I do? I wad up my fist and I slug him behind the, in between the shoulder blades. I'm as hard as I can. 
I slug him. I said, you stand up. He went, okay. I saved his life. That's what you call a demonstration of faith. What else was I going to do? So, I, but you know, he did. Now, what? Wait just a second. Let's see that. Let's see that. What was that? Oh, oh, no. He's oh, I'm so sorry. Here, just catch, let me catch you. What am I going to do? What? I have no options. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, my faith was in my ability to slug him hard enough to get him out of this stupor. And so, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's what we need is we need someone when we're standing on the precipice of our destruction because of circumstantial evidence is lying to us. We need someone who understands the reality enough to knock us between the eyes and say, stand up. That's what Paul's doing. He's saying, we don't shrink back. That's what I, that's me. You know, I'm like, people ask me all the time. They want me to counsel them. I'm like, I counsel at 930 on Sunday morning. It's group therapy. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the react. This is faith, guys. This is what faith looks like. How many of you were raised like I was raised? You know what I'm saying? You just get up and you keep going by the strength of God. And you just do it. So let's find out what faith looked like in the Old Testament according to the author of Hebrews. For by faith the people of God received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. That's a principle of faith. The things which are seen were not made out of things which are visible. The unseen realm created the seen realm. See, that's a principle. Do you all understand that as far as our universe, if you believe in God and you believe God created the heavens and the earth, the Genesis account, then by faith, why do you have to believe that by faith? Because as I understand it, none of you were there to witness it. Is that true? Were any of you at creation and y'all saw it? This is how God dealt with Job. He said, well, why, I'll ask you and you answer me. Where were you whenever the foundations of the earth were laid? Oh, you weren't there. So, yeah, that's, you weren't there. I didn't see you there. It was just me and the you know, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So as we look here, we understand our faith has an understanding to it. We understand by faith that everything that is in this realm was made by God. Now you say, these panels behind you weren't made by God. He grew the trees. He, everything that's here is the raw material for everything that men then have come along and made. Everything here is came from this earth. So that everything that is here is made because of the God. Everything that we see was made because of the God that we don't see. And so we are, we are, we are the very, we are the very construction of God's word. I am in my, in my very most basic elemental constructions of my life. I am made up of the word of God. Colossians says that. In him, he, all things are held. No, it's actually Hebrews. Everything is upheld by the word of his power. The very thing in, in Corinth, uh, Colossians says that in him, all things are held together. So the very molecules that make up my body are held together by the word of God. So I have no option but to believe what he said. 
and I can't say I believe what he said if I do something contrary to what the word says. That, see, that sucks, doesn't it? Because that's where everybody is pissing against the wall. That's the Bible. That's the King James Bible. That's what it says of the men of, Je of, 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 of Jezebel and Ahab. That this is going to come right back to everything that they try to do is just going to splash back on them. That's what it means. And so when we try to come to a place where we believe that we are doing something against God and that we can subvert his plans, and ultimately, folks, here it all is. Here it all is in a nutshell. One day you are going to stand before him and give an account of what you did while he held your molecules together. That's what it means when it says you will give account of him for what you did in the flesh. He, you, he held your molecules together by his very word of his power. Yes. Absolutely. It's utter submission to the word of God. Years ago, I looked for the notes. I'll have to find them. I've kept them. But I, I, Andrea circa 2003 was even was different than Andrea circa 2023. I found the notes. This is the title of my message. No, here's the title. I'm fixing to give it to you. Lordship or lip, lip service? The proof is in the pudding. And it was a story about Abraham when he was told to sacrifice Isaac. It says he got up early. Lordship or lip service? The proof is in the pudding. See, sometimes all we've got in our life, the, the, actual, the actual reality of our faith, the response, the response that we manifest is either of faith, it's either a faith response, or it is some other response. Fear, pride, but pride, it's all fear. But see, we, when we say fear, we, it, it, it sometimes just connotatively, we just think of being, but pride is an offshoot of fear. Insecurity, rebellion, all of it. So, but just to be sure that we don't just go, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not fearful, so I don't have this, but you might be rebellious. So I like to put a lot of other words in there so maybe you can have, hang on to one. Yes. That's it. So perfect love casts out fear. So if perfect love casts out fear, then perfect love casts out insecurity. So please don't come around telling me how insecure you are. I don't, you don't need to say that. So perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out rebellion. Perfect love casts out. Perfect love casts out the desire for sin. That's a faith response, is believing him to cast out everything that is contrary to who he says we are. By faith, by faith, Abel offered. Let's see the response. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Apparently, Abel offered the sacrifice that had been prescribed, and Cain did not. We don't see that in the narrative, but we assume it. So by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, though which he was commended as through which he was commended as righteous. God commended him by accepting his gifts. We're like, yeah, and he got himself killed because of it. Not everybody likes your faith. I know when you when you grow up in a family that doesn't live a faith life. They don't like, they liked you, but they didn't like you in your dysfunction, but they don't like you dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, I had my dad tell me one time, he said, Andrea, you need to get drunk. I do? 
That'd be great. Yeah. But Tommy, that's true. Yeah. They do. They come against you. But what, and that's exactly right. By faith, he offered a more excellent sacrifice. And when, and when it came down to it, he paid for it. Abel paid for it with his very life. See, that's, that's, that's what we're, we're looking at, the life of faith here. And by faith, and by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. See how parallel that? We got Abel there who offered a more excellent sacrifice, and what did it get him? And then we have another parallel by Enoch, faith. Enoch walked with God, and he didn't see death. See how we have another faith response? Because he walked with God. He didn't see death, and he was not found. He just, the MIA, because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God because of his faith. And without faith is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God concerning events yet unseen, in, rever in, in reverent fear, see, he was, there was events that were still in the unseen. See, it's like, I just picture Noah going, oh, I see it. I see rain dropping. I see the earth breaking up. You can see it in the unseen. <clears throat> Absolutely. But then he had to respond. Respond. See, build an ark, Saul. Yes. So something came from the unseen. And who manifested it in the scene? That's what you're doing today. When you walk your faith walk, you are manifesting before your family who don't believe. See, the most destructive witness to a family is one of inconsistency in faith. Because it shows the person that what you say is untrue. Is that true or not? It says that's what you say is untrue. Because we all know that words are cheap and easy. But demonstration is quite a bit more complex. Because it doesn't count until it counts. It's, it's, it doesn't do you any good to get points in practice. I have scored a lot of points in practice. Shelby, have you ever hit a home run in practice? Did it get any points for you? No. It's not until the opponent is there that it counts. So when the opponent shows up in your circumstance, that's when you run the play. Just run the play. You've been practicing. Don't. I can't believe they're here. I can't believe this is happening to me. God, you don't love me. You don't love me. And then you run back to the bar or to the drugs or to this or whatever it is or to the bed or I don't know, whatever you do, you know, whatever one does. Instead, you run the play. You just run the play. The what play? The faith play. The faith response play. I told you last, quit quitting. If I had everybody who started that hadn't quit, even in this church in the last 10 years we've been here. Be running out the door. But the problem is not starting. Lots of people start. It's that they don't have a faith response whenever the challenge shows up. They can't, you know, it's, 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 when, it's when the speed bump's there. And so what's God's response? So you ran this play. You didn't run the play. The opponent showed up and kicked your teeth out. And you waller around for a minute or two. And you get up and you're like, <sighs> dry your tears and you come back, right? And you're like, okay, 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 it's good. And you're like, oh, praise God, I'm good this time, I'm good this time, I'm good this time. And then what happens? The opponent, the bus pulls up. 
and they start getting off with all their uniforms and their fancy, and they get off, and you're like, what are you going to do? I want to be the one right there beside you. Run the play. It's designed to work. That's what our coaches would do. We ran, we practiced plays and practice so that when the opponent got there, they would work against whatever offense or defense that they dished out to us. The plays were designed for the defense. They're designed for the defense. So then when we're out there, and they're a lot better defense than our B-string opponents were in practice, they're a real good defense team, then they're all over us. They're like white on rice, you know, ugly on an ape, all over us. And we're just there... And we're like, you know, we got balls going everywhere. I mean, we don't know. And our coach is always on the sideline. He can't get on the court, but he's got every blood vessel in his head exploding. And what's he screaming? Run the play! Set up the play! And then by the time you actually gain your composure a little bit, you're like, oh, yeah. Let's run 53. That's it. Oh, I pass. Oh, 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 the play was designed to defeat the defense. It just needed someone to run it. And my coach can't put on, he can't don a uniform. I mean, how many people have ever stomped out of the gym? This would be stupid and go, I can't believe my coach scheduled this game for me. And he didn't even come in and help me. He's not supposed to. That's why you're there, dummy, right? See, this is, where, this is a faith response. I'm just looking for a faith response in our life by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. Where are you going? I don't know. What's it going to look like? I don't know. When did you see it? I didn't. Why are you going? I just know. He went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as a foreign in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac. He never even built a house there. He just lived in tents with Isaac and Jacob. What if, what if you're on the leg of the promise that you don't actually get nothing good? What if you're just handing something to your kids or your kids' kids? Are you okay with that? You see what I'm saying? You've got to quit measuring everything by what you receive measure it by the promise and by therefore from one man all good as dead by faith Sarah by faith by faith by faith all these people by faith they received what God had given them and probably one of my favorite bits of scripture is by faith and what shall we say more for time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets. I just want my name to be in there, don't you? Who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. They all ran the play. Quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women, even women, received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so they might rise in a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in sheep's in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves on the earth. All of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect. We sometimes look at the Old Testament heroes Excuse me, and think, wow, if we had God show up like he did back then, we would have a better faith. We live in the better. We have now been given the power of the Holy Spirit, the resident within us. We have a faith. I'm telling you, if you're dry in your faith, then you need to go to Matthew 25 and read the parable of the ten virgins. How many of y'all know that one? Five 
had what? Oil. And five did it. They all had lamps. The Bible says that the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. This is my Bible here. I didn't bring it today. This is my Bible. So the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, just asking, what does a lamp need? It won't burn without oil, will it? Here's some facts about the parable of the virgins. A person can share their flame, but they cannot share their oil. I can come in here and I can take my flame and hold it to your life. But if there's no oil, you won't burn. Now you say, what is oil? What is oil? Well, I've been asking the Lord that. A little meditation. Oil is desire. Because desire. Because if I have oil in my lamp, it's the fuel, right? The oil is the fuel for the flame. In my life, what is the fuel of my life? I do what I want to. It's my de- I am so governed by my desire. I am. Andrea Lee Sanders is governed by her desire. The question is, and as is everyone else, so the faith response is, is looking at our desires and seeing what oil we may have. See, that's what it is. And so the Lord comes along and he knows this about us. He knows that our faith response can't be, can't be populated just by a religious performance. You know what I mean? We can't just go and do this and you'll be good. That, you know, and that's why the place is not full with all the starters. The starters were not the finishers because the oil of desire was not there. And as I look across this room, you're all here now, but I wonder, will you be here? Will you be here? Will you? See what I mean? Okay, see, I like that. See, as I'm looking, I look and I say, okay, will you be here? If desire has not you will. But see, they all slept. Why did they all sleep? It was a long, long wait. (laughs) You don't worry about the wait, right? And you bring me. You bring me to my next point. So you did good. Isaiah 40, 28, 31. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not? This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary? There is no searching his understanding. You never get an I don't know from him. He may not answer, but he always knows. You, it's like my kids asking me on a trip, how much when they were three? How much further, Mama? Like, do, I, do they want to know miles, Kim? Do they want to know miles? 383 miles. Four hours and 23 minutes. And they're three. They have no comprehension of time, right? They don't know hours, and those things don't mean anything to them. That's why they continue to say, how much further? Is because they don't have a comprehension of the answer. And so what I would say to them is, okay, Jacob, it will be four SpongeBob episodes. You know, he's watching SpongeBob. Watch four different SpongeBobs and we will be there. He's like, okay, when he can understand it. See, the Lord, we ask him questions. It's not that he doesn't know, but you're like, he didn't answer me. It's that you're too, should I say dumb? You're too dumb to understand. <laughs> You're too, in, wait, wait, wait. You're too inexperienced to understand. That's what it would be. That's, but that's what we are. We don't have the capacity for it. 
So there is no under, searching his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. When I feel weary, I know where to go. He give, What does he always do? He gives strength. The fact that I don't go to him when I feel weary is proof I don't have faith. I, I, but I won't. I won't respond. Yeah, that's the response. That's it. He gives strength to the, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Youth and young men were the, are an apex of strength, right? Youth are just below young men. Young men are the apex of strength for any civilization. I mean, there's nothing I can give you to change that. It's going, you're still, if you're a young man, you're stronger than a young woman. Any questions? We understand that. He gives strength. Even young men stumble and fall. But, now we turn, we turn. But, those who wait. So, in comparison to the strongest of the natural realm, we have on the other side of the equation, the waiters. The waiters. Now waiting has become an invitation, not a threat, right? See, it's in the waiting, as she said. On the other side are those young men and those youth. Yeah, they're going to fall and be weary. But the waiters, those who wait on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. How many of you can fly? In they shall, all of a sudden, now we're moving, we're taking on a spiritual, rea- a supernatural reality. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and do what? Not grow weary. They, how many of you marathoners in here, how many of you can run and not grow weary? No matter if you can run a marathon, you still grow weary, don't you? They shall walk and not fa- In other words, Tommy, every, whether you're walking, whether you're running, whether you're soaring, it's the ones who know how to put their hope, wait there is their hope, put their hope, they gather all of their resources, all of their resources, and they say, God, you are the target of all my hope. And those are the ones who will outrun the runners, they will outmaneuver the young men, and they will last longer than the youth are the ones who wait. A 90-year-old grandma who waits on the Lord is stronger than the strongest person in our society because she knows that she has got what God has got to offer her in that waiting season. It don't matter. What if you could look at your situation that hasn't changed in 438 years? And you can say, it don't matter. God is renew. He'll renew my strength to wait one more day. I mean, many of us, we don't, we want to know how long do we have to wait? Waiting is an exercise of faith. Yeah. It's not this. Waiting in this word, it's a different waiting here. It doesn't mean like us waiting in a doctor's office. Waiting here, it's the Greek or Hebrew word kava. It means to twist, to weave, to braid. It means so what it is, is it has to do with the tensile strength of a rope. Now, if you have a rope and you want it to be strong, what has to be How does that rope have to be made? And lots of strands, right? The more strands, the greater the tensile strength. So every opportunity for trial is not, I don't look at my trial. I look at it as as an opportunity to bring in more tensile strength 
and it's the strengthening of who I am. And then when I get to the next place, I still, I've got what I need for the next leg of the journey. God is wanting to advance us. He's not wanting to kill us. He wants to renew us in our strength. But I'll say it again, and I'm not going to say it next week because I'm changing the message. We're going to do the war for the door next week. I've just got, if, we could, if you just get this one thing, you'd be unstoppable. Quit quitting. Just quit quitting. It does. It does. But if you know what? Just keep showing up. Just keep showing up. Quit quitting. If I could just get the quitters back. Don't quit. Just don't quit. Well, you, I know it, it might be hard now. But it's going to be, but with the Spirit of the Lord, God's going to strengthen us. He's going to help us to achieve supernatural things for God is able to do exceedingly. How many of you are not going to quit? I'm I'm not going to quit. We don't shrink back. We're not of those who shrink back. It's, It's time to just do one thing. Run the play. Just one more time, run the play. Just keep on. If you'll never quit... You'll never falter if you'll just keep on. God will. Now, you, I'm not saying you'll know everything. I'm not saying you won't learn and you won't, you know, mess stuff up royally sometimes. But you will be a person who will continue to move forward with a faith response. It's all you need to ask yourself. Don't ask yourself, what would Jesus do? That, that tends to make us feel like we have to just model Jesus in a performance way, doesn't it? But there is a doing two things. But what if we just said, what would a faith response be? In this situation, what is a faith response? And just do that. And you will nail faith down. What, what would faith do? I have a circumstance right now, and I don't know what to do. First question, flow chart. What's a faith response? And, th- and what's going to require of you of that is if you're going to really be good at faith responses, you're going to need to know one thing. You're going to need to know the Bible. You're going to need it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. So the word of God has the faith you need. Because here's the fact, folks. I can share my flame. But I cannot share my oil. Whatever You need to look in the mirror of your desires. And here's what I know about God. When I have, because I have in my life, I have been like, Lord, this is getting pretty perfunctory. And I don't really have that fire of desire. And I say, Lord, give me the oil of desire. And he always does. He's faithful. So go after God, the oil. Don't be not ready. Because you know what? When he comes, you're not going to have time to go get oil. (laughs) Be ready. Have oil in your vessels every day. Lord, we thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you go with us, guide us, help us, Lord, to wait. Teach us to wait, Lord God. Teach us to wait and thereby renew the strength, God, and let us be those who have a faith response because our hope is in you. In Jesus' name, amen.